Welcome to the My Rules Are Better podcast, I'm Tom Barbelay. Today, a few topics. Well, really I'm going to talk about noble warfare and I'm going to talk a little bit about computer simulation. Because I think this is an incredibly powerful tool that is very useful, even within spreadsheets or things like that. You can create statistical simulation tests, let's not even call them computer simulations, which give you great insight into your rules as you create them. But before I get started on that topic, I want to talk a little bit about the lead pile. So I have sent out three packages of miniatures to various listeners. The last package I sent out was to Germany. And I've got to send a shout out to Stephen Vaughan Jr. and his sons, because he posted a series of photographs of his sons unwrapping the parcel of miniatures that I sent them. And based on this, I sent an additional parcel of magazines which should be arriving with them sometime in a couple of weeks. I sent it media mail, so slowest possible way to get mail through the US, but probably the best possible way to get heavy stuff through the US. I still have a wide variety, I probably still have at least seven, seven pounds worth of stuff that I can send on to people. So if you're only getting this audio now, if you're new to the podcast, if you'd like to get in contact, I have some like partially stripped, when I say partially stripped, it's basically down to the metal. They just have a kind of acrylic tint to them of the various underlying colours. I have a bunch of Space Marines, probably at least three pounds worth of Space Marines in that state. So I have a bunch of additional stuff. I sent to, to Germany, I sent a bunch of squats and I don't know, I was sending all different kinds of stuff. I think really old orcs and, you know, I've made sure that each of the parcels contain really interesting and eclectic stuff. And Certainly, Stephen Vaughan Jr.'s unwrapping photograph essay indicates very clearly that the stuff that I'm sending out is very well received. So, if you're a listener and you'd like some lead, you are doing me a great service. And I think I've already probably narrated that when I did this, I got a parcel of painted miniatures back. And it was a wonderful kind of exchange, sending out the lead in one side and getting the painted miniatures back. I can't recall, actually, whether I put that which was cut or an actual aired recording. Welcome to my life. Anyway, so I wanted to talk a little bit about Noble Warfare. And Noble Warfare is a computer simulation that I started writing in the mid-2000s. In fact, the early 2000s, when I lived in Wilmslow in the UK. And it was inspired by a variety of things. It was really inspired by the Warhammer Ancients rules, even though it's not the battle mechanics aren't very applicable to that game system. It's also inspired by the Total War series of games, which at the time was being aired on, I think, either BBC or ITV under a show called Time Commanders, where they took various people off the streets while they were usually clubs or lots of clubs in the UK, you know, bowling clubs, this kind of stuff, tennis clubs, this kind of stuff. So they got various clubs. I think they had newspaper editors at some stage, a variety of different groups of people that have some working or you know, after-hours connective relationship and made them fight out various battles. Now, it was somewhat artificial because, well, it was extremely artificial for a variety of reasons, but one of the things was that they were always going against nominally computer opponents, although I think probably, you know, there was potential for people behind curtains to play the opposing armies. Anyway, this had a great impact on me because I thought there's so much simulation involved here so much interesting simulation and obviously i already had an Ape up to quite a, a reasonable clip so i thought well why don't i take aspects of Ape in terms of the underlying simulation methodologies and create a war game a simulation war game 
out of it. And that was the creation of Noble Warfare. And the armies of chivalry and the English Civil War books from the Warhammer, Ancients, Warhammer Historical, were the two books which really impacted me through this time. I think they're pretty good. You might need Warhammer Ancients to get some of the underlying rules. But I think at the time you could use like Warhammer, you know, the, the fantasy war game rules together with them. It filled in all the blanks. I don't really think you needed the ancient rules back then. They're not published anymore. That whole Warhammer historical thing. I don't know what happened to it. I remember I got the Great War and I got the uh, 20 mil Second World War game. There was a bunch of typographical errors. <laughs> Those were the last two books. The Great War... I actually contacted Games Workshop and said, can you please look in your back catalogs? Like, is there any way that I could find, like, an old <laughs> dusty copy somewhere? And they sent it to me. I mean, I paid for it, but they sent it to me. So my relationship with Warhammer Historicals has been interesting as a reference material. And it really, I don't know, I'm kind of disheartened that it no longer exists as a thing, as an entity. My hope is at some stage they'll just dust it off like anything else and re-release it all i think i even found a second-hand version of their trafalgar rules i've got basically almost all the rules some of them i got sick of and donated to charity at some stage i seem to recall i don't know the attila rules or something like that i don't know anyway the two strongest from the set that actively informed me with regards to noble warfare was age of chivalry and the english civil war rules the english civil war rules were actually a rule book that got me interested in the historical period, which I think was a really strange juxtaposition because I really had no... I mean, the English Civil War to me always was a little bit funny. I mean, particularly the whole, you know, strange kind of shell casing things that they carry in, on bandoliers on their bodies and you just imagine this kind of packing, chewing thing as they're loading the guns and firing them and biting bits off and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it all seemed a little bit too hokey for me prior to actually reading the rule set. And then reading the rule set, I was like, wow, this is a really fascinating period of time. Never would have really thought about it. So those two rule sets were the basis for Noble Warfare. And Noble Warfare, it's called Warfare rather than Noble War. I was thinking of calling it Noble War. Couldn't get the domain name. Still can't get the domain name. Just the way these things go. So it's called Noble Warfare. Anyway, this is a new version of Noble Warfare. I need to point this out. Literally, as I was recording this podcast last weekend, I thought, this is stupid. Why is this like this? Oh, let me rewrite this. Let me fix this. So I've actually rewritten the rules of Noble Warfare. Not the rules. How the various bits of information are presented. For this very podcast. This very podcast has impacted this thing. So if you download the software, which you probably won't do, but if you were to download the software, you would find the slightly earlier version of this. So this is represented now in what I'm calling newbattle.json. JSON is the format of the files that handle the statistics within the rules yes it's very nerdy all the time in my brain anyway so typically two armies meet through this i think i'm going to add support for multiple armies particularly with factions and these kind of things but you define the armies up front just their names then you define the kinds of weapons that are being used weapons exist with four values the name of the weapon the damage associated with a successful blow from the weapon the armor piercing of the weapon, i.e. how damage is conveyed through armor, and also the range of the weapon, which identifies whether or not a weapon is a ranged weapon. Very simple. There is then the idea of unit types, which describe broadly the units that are, you know, coming to, to combat. These also have names, funnily enough, 
and they have an armor rating. They have a melee attack and a melee weapon, which refers to the weapon from the weapons list. They have a missile attack, obviously a missile weapon, missile rate, uh, their speed, their stature, which actually represents the amount of space that they take up, the leadership and the wounds per combatant. And this can potentially, I mean, this is very similar to an army book where you'd create how many of these things. There's no notion of special rules in Noble Warfare. I mean, there could be special rules in the future, but there are none currently. Within those statistics, you can define a sufficient amount associated with the various combatants. Now, it'd be relatively easy to add special rules, and then you'd probably just have a special rules field with a list of special rules, probably the names of the special rules, and then they could be applied to the combatants accordingly. So you have a set of unit types, then obviously you define what the units are, how wide they are, which is literally how many, if it was a war game, how many models across they are, their location, the central location, the angle that they're facing. It's designed initially for kind of squared pitched battles. So, you know, very much units facing units, but with the potential that they could be angled slightly. The number of combatants, obviously, which army the combatants are aligned to, also the number of missiles that each combatant will hold. Each combatant identifies its location in space, what it's attacking, its current speed, its direction facing, its number of wounds, and the state it's in. Either it's attacking, or it's defending, or it's waiting, or it's marching, or, you know, it's doing this kind of stuff. Now, this is where it gets very interesting. So, that's the basic statistics within it. Now, obviously, one of the benefits you have in computer simulation, which you don't have in wargaming, tabletop wargaming, is that you have the ability to use a wide variety of different percentages and these kind of things. You're not bound to six-sided dice, for example. But it would be very interesting, and I thought of actually adding this to Noble Warfare, to then make it just six-sided dice-based. So the probability is then divided up into six-sided dice or multiple six-sided dice and how these interactions, you know, occur. It creates the scenarios with which uh, battles are resolved or not resolved. One of the interesting parts of Noble Warfare was associated with battle resolution so you have two you know combating forces that come together again and again and again and again you simulate this over thousands of battles and try to work out how these two things can be balanced so most commercial war games in fact i think pretty well every commercial war game has a notion of points and ultimately what points means is some means when you add all the points together on competing forces you can resolve the fact that they are relatively evenly matched at least in one very nuanced scalar form which means one very nuanced numerical form and that in and of itself is very curious i would hope that the large games companies like games workshop actually run substantial statistical simulations on their rules because the only way that you can have accurate points is if you know for you know tens or hundreds of battles what the outcome is going to be based on the weighting of either side and then obviously the points are calculated to give the best or most even possible rating to understand that you've got relatively even forces that are coming against each other. Obviously, there'll be certain strategic tricks and other things that can come into play. But in general, what you want is that these two sides are even. And I think what's interesting through this process is that Noble Warfare has shown the potential even for an under-resourced side to win in some occasion the rules associated with when things are you know charging 
interactions of, of general gameplay. It's designed so both sides are actually simulated, not that either side are, are played. Although I've experimented more and more with making one of the sides a playable side. Potentially it'd be relatively easy to just make it so both sides were playable. But it is an interesting process to run these games again and again and again and again and see what the outcomes are. Because you then end up with a very interesting statistical probability for exactly that scenario, what happens. And sometimes distances between the you know the opposing sides, particularly when you've got missile troops, you've got all these additional factors into the play. So something could be evenly point-weighted unless you put the missile troops like right up close or right far away, particularly in the ways that statistically two forces can come together and yet it can have a meaningful impact on the outcome. So it's a very complicated thing if you look at it in an abstract sense, but if you look at it in a kind of what's called in computer terms sometimes brute force sense, where you're just doing this again and again and again and again over a long period of time in order to determine what the average outcome will be. Certainly when we discuss creating rule sets here, we can't factor in boundary cases. All we can do is look at the most generalist possible cases and make determinations based on that. In fact, what's fascinating is having humans playing on either side creates the boundary cases, ultimately. So this has been an introduction to how I've historically used computer simulation to create interesting scenarios, interesting ideas. I think I'll probably spend a recording talking a little bit about how you can use spreadsheets rather than software. I mean, this Noble Warfare is written in the C programming language. And although, you know, it has a bit of Objective-C, this could be written in anything. It could be written in Java, it could be written in Node.js, it could be written in Python, it could be written in a wide variety of computer programming languages, or alternatively, in spreadsheets. And doing it in spreadsheets is actually quite interesting because, I mean, you have very large spreadsheets here, which you're putting in statistics initially, and then calculation, 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 outcome. But I think that could be a topic in and of itself, maybe for a much later, more advanced recording maybe a video podcast to actually explain how one would do this thing with spreadsheets. Because I think spreadsheets are probably the most accessible in general. I mean, although a lot of these languages, certainly the C programming language is fundamentally free in terms of once you know how to get the stuff online, you can get everything you need. That's pretty well the same for most programming languages, actually. But how you would choose to implement it or get a sense of that requires like a lot of additional knowledge which may or may not be applicable. So my plan is probably one in about 20 of these podcasts to talk specifically about computer simulation and how you would utilize computer simulation. And as I can't really recall whether this has been aired or not, because I've cut a couple of podcasts recently, I wanted to say specifically with regards to the Chechen rules, we were talking about this for some period of time. I sent away a bunch of miniatures to get painted. They're probably going to come back. I don't know, maybe a June timeframe. So I am going to return to the Chechen rules. I'm also going to conclude the Just Plain Chaos rule set, at least with work, in the next couple of sittings. So imagine that you'll be getting a battle update for that sometime in the near future. And we could talk a little bit about the learnings from that experience, because I think the, the headshot rules, as discussed, not going to be played probably in the final game. And I'll come back to that in some later discussion associated with what I've learned from this experience. Finally, as I always say, this is a word of mouth podcast. If you like what I'm doing in My Rules Are Better, please reach out to your friends, co-workers, people you meet on the streets, and just point them to this podcast. 
with the view that the more folks that are getting involved, more folks that are listening to this podcast, the less lead I will have, which will be no doubt a benefit, but also the more topics and ideas that can come through this thing. Because certainly I want to talk in greater depth associated with nuanced rules. And the thing about the first Chechen Wars and the rule set around that is it's associated with nuanced setting and understanding nuanced setting in a broader context. My thought initially was to run that as potentially a palladium rule system as just as a means of showing on one extreme what it would run like as a role-playing game and then on another extreme what it would run like as a war game. But we'll talk a little bit about that more in upcoming recordings. Tom Barbelay in the San Francisco Bay Area, signing out.